It's August 3rd. You're with Information Security News. This is Neil. This is Stuart. This is the most secure podcast. So, Stuart, as you know, there's a lot of things that have been going on in the information security world. Looks like there's been some arrests that have been made. And then your favorite app is also possibly, maybe, going to be taken down. Twitter? (laughs) No, TikTok. I thought that was your favorite. (laughs) So, TikTok and Twitter are are some of the first things that we want to talk about today. We're going to switch up the format a little bit. We do have some topics that we also want to talk about, but I think right now two of the hottest things are Twitter and TikTok. Before we get ahead of ourselves, let's hit them with the topics. Topic one, Drizzly, the Amazon of liquor, was breached. 2.5 million customers' accounts were compromised. And our second topic is CWT, a travel management company. They decide to pay a 4.5 million ransom in Bitcoin. Damn, they already paid it? Yeah, they paid it. Oh, my but God. But let's get back to TikTok. I know you were devastated when you heard the potential <laughs> ban of TikTok. Tell us how you feel before we dive into more of the details. I think a lot of people don't know or don't know the details of why TikTok is a big problem. And there's two big problems with TikTok. One of them, the first one, is that the company is owned by ByteDance. Now, this is a Chinese company which is required by law to share information with their government, which is a red flag for every other place in the world, right? The second problem is that TikTok collects information on your phone. Now, you would think a lot of people, they're like, well, I don't really have anything on my phone anyway. But the big concern for the U.S. is that military and government personnel are also using this application. Now, in doing so, they feel like this is going to give the Chinese a backdoor into you know, government users' phones and then be able to use the surveillance to see what these government employees are doing. So those are the two big problems that the U.S. has with this, and that's why this is a big deal, and they're trying to ban this application right now. But none of those problems, or both of those problems, don't really have a good and easy solution. So now it's kind of become a political thing as well on top of that. So there are three senators that have uh, asked the Committee of Foreign Investment in the U.S., to see if it is legal or not for ByteDance to buy TikTok and then, you know, receive all this information from the application. Seeing as how you avoided my whole question about how (laughs) you feel, let me jump into some of the solutions we are seeing today. So recently, we are seeing in the news that they're trying to ban the app, which it recently did happen in India. Um, But I feel like the app being banned in the U.S. might be a whole different story. Of course, this is a pop, an unpopular solution as millions of users are dependent on the app as a source of income. You. <laughs> but you as a consumer, what can you do? Your options may be limited, but you can avoid Chinese-built phones and apps. But getting Gen Z off of TikTok, that's a whole different story. You. I mean, at this point, let's be real. There's really not much you as an end user can do. But the thing that the Chinese government is saying is that the data from U.S. citizens is not being held in China, but it's actually being held in Singapore. I don't know what this is, if this helps or not, but even though they have a closer relationship, you know, between Chinese government and these companies, it seems that the Chinese government has access to this data at all times. It doesn't matter where the data is stored. So, I think this app probably is going to get banned sooner or later. I'm not saying it's going to happen, you know, within the next week, but the government is taking a hard look at this and they're not backing down. So, Stuart, don't, I mean, it's fine, man. Just (laughs) figure out another app or do something else or go on IG and go live all the time. But TikTok probably is going to be banned. 
my personal opinion on this matter is if the US just creates their own platform similar to TikTok, that way all the security concerns are in-house. It doesn't have to be the government creating this. It could be another independent contractor. Wait, that's a good business idea. Maybe we jump on this. <laughs> I don't think we have, we don't have, we don't have the time. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's a solid idea. I feel like if another independent company was able to come up with it and, you know, follow the right guidelines and probably create something similar, then it could work. Enough of TikTok. On to Twitter. Our last episode, we mentioned the breach that happened with over 100 Twitter accounts and the Bitcoin scam. Now, this was huge. Uh, I think it was over like $100,000 in 30 minutes, but keep going. With the recent days, we've learned that this was all part of a social engineering attack. Okay, but before someone that doesn't know, what is a social engineering attack? So the true definition is, it's the psychological manipulation of people into performing actions or divulging confidential information. Now, believe it or not, when we think of like cyber criminals, we think of these guys sitting behind a computer somewhere, probably in a garage or something like that. That's exactly kind of what happened here. There's these three young guys, uh, Nemo Rolex, Rolex Fazil, a 22-year-old from Orlando, Florida, there was also Mason Chaywan Shepherd, 19-year-old from the UK. And the third guy, his name was Graham Clark. He's actually the youngest. He's 17, and he's from Tampa. Now, all three of these guys teamed up to do this Twitter hack, but Graham was actually the mastermind behind it all. And it looks like he is the first one that's been arrested. Now, I'm not sure about the other two guys. I know they have some stuff in the past that they were accused of. Mason, the 19-year-old from the UK, who was actually on conspiracy to commit wire fraud in California. And then you also have Nima Rolex, who also had a criminal complaint in Northern California, who was aiding and um, help, you know gaining access to a protected computer. So these guys have a little bit of a track record. They have done some dirty deeds in the past. But I think right now, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Graham Clark is the only one that's been arrested. Yes, correction. So as of this weekend, two of them were taken into custody. Um, I believe the 17-year-old was one of them. I'm not sure who the second one was. But jumping back to Clark, the 17-year-old, he was hit with 30 felony charges, including organized fraud, communication fraud, fraudulent use of personal information, information just to name a few damn so according to twitter this is how the hack went down the intruders targeted a small number of employees through phone spear phishing which misled certain employees and exploited human vulnerabilities to gain access to the internal systems once they knew who the correct employees were to target they had all they needed and gained access to internal twitter tools man those are some serious charges like i need a drink after that speaking of let's go ahead and kick it over to topic number one drizzly the uh is it a, it's not a brewery it's a alcohol service what, nah, what is drizzly it's I, like uh it's the amazon of liquor oh wow so you you guys maybe have used it being seen as you've been stuck at home you probably order some alcohol through their through their platform okay so i myself was not aware of what drizzly was until now so drizzly is a alcohol e-commerce platform it has a hundred markets all across the u.s and canada like Stuart said they're known as the amazon for liquor they let users order you know, a variety of stuff, beer, wine, spirits, directly from local retailers in near your location. And there's an app or a mobile website that you can use. They were founded in 2012. We are not promoting them, but I'm just trying to give users a little bit of background on them. They do deliver from 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. the next day. So if you're trying to get a little turned up and you want a little drizzly, there you go. You got it. 
Now that you said all the good, let me throw in the bad. They recently identified some suspicious activity which involved customer data and initiated an investigation. So the investigation led to the following findings. An unauthorized party obtained some of their customer personal information, which included email addresses, date of births, hash passwords, and in some cases, their delivery addresses. So pretty much everything. They got everything. Correct. For the passwords that were obtained, they did confirm that they were hashed, which means that they can't be used to gain access to customer accounts. Now, what is a hash password you may be asking yourself? Neil, hit them with the glossary definition. <laughs> the what definition? Glossary? Glossary. All right. If you want it, I got it. It is a past hashwords hash. Wow. Pass round. A pat a password that has been hashed means that it has been turned into a scrambled representation of itself, meaning that the hash value is derived from the combination of both password and the key using a set algorithm. Pretty much when you look at it and you read it, you're not going to be able to tell what it means or what it does. So it will be really hard for you to crack a hashed password. So even if the hacker has that information, it's pretty much useless at this point. Now, Drizzly does not know when the hack happened, but they are advising their users to change their password. The company also indicated that no financial data was taken during the breach, but a listing on the dark web indicates otherwise. Mm -hmm. It appears that accounts with valid credit card data is being sold. Now, we did do a little bit of research and found that the listing that was on the dark web was seems like older data, and the data that was on sale was for sale for $14. So that listing was posted on february 13th i don't know if that's related to this one but they do have some of their account info on there so it looks like that's what could have transpired this bigger hack all right drizzly being called the amazon of liquor hopefully you learned a lesson from this breach as you have raised over 68 million to date now from liquor to travel management company cwt cwt why why pay 4.5 million bitcoin ransom Guess when you have to run a business, you don't really think about it. You just act since you have to get your business back up and running. <laughs> CWT is a giant corporate uh, corporate travel agency company, which has global clients everywhere. They usually are in a lot of the Fortune 500 companies, as well as numerous small businesses as well. You're right. One interesting fact about CWT is that they provide travel services to 33% of Fortune 500 and countless smaller companies. Per reports, hackers claim that they downloaded two terabytes of the firm's data, which included billing information, insurance cases, banking accounts, just to name a few. Some of the companies that could have potentially been affected are AIG, Amazon, Facebook, SA Lauder, just to name a few. Now, the attackers used a strain of ransomware that was called Ragnar Locker. This encrypts computer files and then renders them to not be usable, pretty much. The victim will pay for access if they want the access to be restored. CWD or CWT actually did state that they can confirm that after temporarily shutting down our systems as a precautionary measure, our systems are back online and the incident has now been ceased, meaning that they did pay the ransom. While the investigation is still going on and it's still at the early stages, they don't have any indication that personally identifies the customer information or traveler information that has been compromised. CW also, CWT also said that they have immediately informed the U.S. law enforcement and European data protection authorities as well. The initial demand payment was $10 million to restore their files and delete all the stolen data. Woo! But a CWT representative acting on the behalf of the CFO said due to COVID, they were able to negotiate and only pay $4.5 million in digital currency, which translates into 414 Bitcoin. I don't know if I'd really call that a negotiation, but it is a discount based on, 
what they were about to pay. Now, cybersecurity experts do say that the best defense in this type of situation is to have a backup and hopefully not pay for ransom in the future. So if you can, make sure you have a legitimate backup. Can you hit us with the recap? I was going to say, while you're at it, hit him with the recap. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Here comes the recap. Prior to our two topics, we talked about TikTok and the potential ban in the U.S., and the three young attackers behind Twitter. As for the two main topics, we discussed Drizzly having 2.5 million customers data breach and CWT paying a 414 Bitcoin ransom to get their data back. That wraps it up. Thank you. We'll see you soon because we don't want to say when, like next week. We don't know. Depends on how busy we are. See ya. The podcast you just heard is intended to serve for informational purpose only and is not intended to offer any sales of any sort. The views discussed reflect our personal opinion and is not intended to sway you one way or another. Information security news is independently operated by Suanil. 